strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here during King LASIK's season of savings. LASIK, both eyes, is now just $3,500 with this $2,000 saving and 0% financing for 24 months on approved credit. LASIK with Dr. King is only $146 a month. Go to kinglasik.com slash Arizona for complete details. Um, so the story broke. This I would love for you to go read these. If you want to get some great news stories, go to KTAR.com. Our news department does a great job of putting up very informative stories, so many things that are going on locally, and download the KTAR news app. When big stories happen, you'll get notified on the app, and you can read those stories right there from your device. And here's a good one. Federal officials claim that shipping containers at the Arizona border violate the law. Now, number one, why would they say that? What's the point? I mean, maybe they say because it's true. Maybe it is true. Why are you bringing more attention to the border? Well, you're not. What they are doing, and this is my opinion of what they're doing, this is the border battle. You've got President Biden and his administration saying that the border problem isn't a problem at all. You've got the vice president of the United States that with a semi-straight face looked at a reporter and said, the border is secure. She went on to say, in as much as it's a priority, and I have no idea what the end of that sentence means. It's secure in as much that it's a priority. I don't know what that means. You mean just because it's important to you means it's secure? We all know the border isn't secure. We know it in Arizona. They know it in Texas. And they're learning it in other parts of the country now. I don't ask people to agree with what those governors are doing, but you have to agree that the messaging is working. Because we now have the nation talking about the disaster of a thousand people being sent to New York. That Martha's Vineyard was turned upside down by a busload or a plane load of people landing in their airport for days. We can't handle this. This has got to stop. You've got a disaster or an emergency declared in New York. Why would they say this? It's because the demonization, and it's a political tool, both sides do it, but the dramatic demonization of people on the right. So in this story, it talks about it's it's illegal. In a letter sent from the Bureau of Reclamation, officials stated the containers used in the barrier also considered trespassing against the United States. It further adds that it harms federal lands and resources and impedes the ability to close the gaps in the border. So not only are they saying it's hurting the land, but it's stopping the Biden administration from filling the gaps in the border. So now Ducey is to blame. For the lack of response from the federal government. That's, that is what they're, as, as The Rock says, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? This is what they're cooking. It, it's, it, it would be laughable if it wasn't so pathetic. This isn't, an, uh, just to explain to you how this is not a party issue in Arizona. And there are so many issues that are party issues. This is not. There is a television ad with Senator Mark Kelly pointing at the border and claiming he's filling in gaps in the border wall as a campaign ad. So you've got Republicans that are saying the border's a disaster and we've got to fix it. And you've got Democrats running for office that are saying they are fixing it, acknowledging is a disaster. So don't tell me it's a partisan issue. But the idea now, and again, what's the motivation Why would the administration do this? 
Why would the federal government be putting out this message? Because you know as well as I do that they are not going to go down there and take down these containers. How would that look? They haven't done anything to solve the problem of the border issues we have. The fentanyl that's coming in, the people that are coming in, nowhere to put people. We've given out 300,000 plus, probably closer to 400,000 cell phones now to people to use as tracking devices at the expense of over 300,000 working on $400,000 per day for this program. That's what this program is costing the American taxpayer. The messaging is not resonating with people. When you hear people from New York um, talking about how horrible the governors of Arizona, Texas, and Florida are, when then the stories leak out that, hang on a minute, El Paso, Texas, run by Democrats, has been busing people and many more people than the other places in Texas for a long time now. Last week, there was a story of an airplane landing in Orange County, New York. Landing in an airport in New York, it was an unscheduled flight. They didn't tell anybody they were coming, and it was loaded with migrants, and that plane was chartered by the federal government. So they're doing it, and then they're trying to label you know, these people as horrible and using people as pawns, and, and they want people to investigate DeSantis because he may have broken the law, and now Ducey may have broken the law. But the American people, the more they talk about this stuff, the more they do this, the more it's realized that they are failing at the border. Because now, when people weren't paying attention to the border, when the vice president went to El Paso and said, look, everything's great, and she never went back. Then she tells a reporter that the border is um, secure. Then they move on and we go on to bigger and better things in the economy and inflation and all of these other concerns that Americans have. Well, when they do things like this, people look at the border. Let's take issue with these two things. Number one, let's start with the fact that it is um, it is harming federal lands and resources. I'm going to challenge you to do this just on your own time and not take my word for it. Start Googling or whatever search engine you use. Start searching for the damage done in the desert, trash left in the desert by people crossing the border illegally. Go look and you will be shocked. You will think it's photoshopped. You will think it's fake. The destruction that happens on private land where ranchers in southern Arizona have to have a full-time employee whose job it is to clean up trash and repair fencing and other damage done on the property by people crossing illegally. Go and look, the beautiful, pristine desert that we all loved. When I remember when I moved to Arizona, I flew here on vacation in 1992. I drove here in 1995. And I remember the geography changing in Texas when you got on the other side of San Antonio and it became more of the desert. And I was blown away at how beautiful the Arizona desert was. I had no idea how beautiful that drive was going to be. Absolutely gorgeous. And that pristine land and desert. Go look up the pictures for yourself. So the federal government is saying these containers are bad for the land. Now all of a sudden, they're concerned with the damage being done to the desert. All of a sudden. Secondly... It impedes their ability to close the gaps in the border. Those containers were put there because no one was filling the gaps in the border.
Now, come on. I know there's a lot of people out there that disagree with me politically. You know, come on. But you hear this. Even you have to chuckle a little bit and shake your head, right? I mean, even you have to say, all right, that's a, that's a bit much. Could you imagine the optics? Can you imagine the optics of the federal government either saying the Arizona Arizona has to take those down or we're going to? And federal vehicles with federal workers driving up to where those containers are and taking them down at this time in the border. Can you imagine this this uh, administration doing that? The optics of taking down structures at the border at a time like this for what's happening. Can you imagine? I can't. So there's a purpose for them making the statement they did. Demonize people you disagree with. Now, they're not just wrong. It's illegal. I'm in an argument with somebody on Twitter. I'm not just wrong. I'm evil. It's just it, the marginalizing is the lowest form of argument. If you can't defeat someone's argument with your argument, make fun of them, marginalize them, call them names. It's fine for Twitter. That's what Twitter's for. But, you know, this is uh, the federal government at its best. In a moment, we get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call Did You Hear This? We're going to do it momentarily. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, let's catch up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. CEO of KB Advisory Group, Kristen Bentz, is on the show today and explains why Amazon is offering layaways and other new membership features. Amazon is not betting big on the upper class consumer. They're betting big on a recession and a lower end consumer, and that's scary. Are you concerned with the way retailers are reacting to the economy? Yeah, I just I think that retailers do exactly what they have to do to get as much of the American dollar as they can when it comes time to sell their goods and services. So they focus on the people that are going to spend the money the way that they need them to. And so their focus now is the majority of Americans are going to be looking for deals. Um, there's another story about credit card debt going up. Interest rates have gone up on credit cards and are going to continue to go up. So what they are saying is if we offer a, offer a layaway program, we can capture a lot more of that money where people are paying up front for the goods, paying it off for the holiday season. I think it's a wise move for them. But of course, it's concerning because in the past, we knew that people had a lot of discretionary income and it was about marketing and giving people value. Now it's about giving people as much of a discount as possible and capturing that money early. So that should worry everyone. Senator Bernie Sanders shared his thoughts on how the Federal Reserve is handling the economy. I think they're hurting the situation. I think it is wrong to be saying that the way we're going to deal with inflation is by lowering wages and increasing unemployment. That is not what we should be doing. What do you think about his comments? How is the Fed lowering wages? That's ridiculous. And lowering wages and getting rid of jobs. They aren't doing any of that. What they're doing is raising interest rates, which they should have done much, much sooner. It is the again, it's about ideology. And we all know Bernie Sanders is a socialist and he wants to try something that has failed everywhere else. It's tried and try to make it work here in America. There's a reason why Venezuelans are coming here and Americans aren't going to Venezuela. And the word is socialism. And that's what Bernie Sanders is always trying to sell. He's just not doing 
doing a very good job of it right now because the economy's in the tank. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. The federal government says that Arizona and Governor Ducey's shipping container wall is illegal and is considered trespassing. The U.S. Department of the Interior has requested the containers be removed. As Customs and Border Protection says, they have awarded contracts to complete two gaps with traditional steel walls. What will happen next with the border wall? I think that's fantastic. If they are saying take the containers down because we're going to build the wall, I think the Governor Ducey would sprint down to the border with the American flag flying on top of the cranes that remove them and take them down and make room for the structure. Mission accomplished. We now have permanent federal structure where it needs to be. If that's the trade-off, I think he would do that in a heartbeat. But the idea that they're going to go in there and take them down on a promise, not going to happen. And so let's see those federal government employees go in there and do it and see what the optics of that looks like. High schools in the Valley are experiencing an official shortage due to berating by some parents. In Arizona Sports, Ron Wolfley shared his thoughts on the situation. Ripping these referees? I mean, you got to be kidding me right now. Is that what it's come to? Is that who we are as a society? Has it gotten that bad? Yes, is the answer to that. And that's a shame, and it should be a blight to all of us. How do you solve this issue? I think what we have to do is we have to know what the reason is. Listen, I was my brother. I was a fanatic when my brother played high school sports. My brother, my youngest brother, my bro, Tom was as well, but I'm talking about my young, my surviving brother, was a superstar in Southwest Florida. All Southwest Florida in football. All Southwest Florida in baseball. And a superstar on great teams. And we got into those games, man. And you argued calls and you booed and you know every once in a while and stuff. But I don't remember referees and umpires having to be escorted to their cars. What this is is about losing the bigger picture. My brother is a good man, and my brother learned a lot of life lessons about being a good employee, a good boss, a good husband, a good brother, just a good person by being in a situation where he worked on a team with people that he didn't necessarily always agree with. They worked for a common goal. They worked together, and those are the life lessons of sports at, at the high school level. The vast majority of kids who play high school sports never play a down of college sports, and an even smaller number of them ever play a down of professional sports either or you know an inning so we should be teaching the life lessons and one of the life lessons is you don't berate the people even when they make a mistake you're going to run off these good people that are officiating they don't make a whole lot of money they do it because they love the games and now you're taking the love away from them too it's just a horrible way to behave and i hope they will stop Yeah, I was going to talk about that maybe a little bit more later, but uh, I'll maybe just now for a minute. The idea of, and I remember this, and I've written about this in, in my book, and I've talked about this on many occasions. You are taught or should be taught at a very young age. You win with grace. You lose with dignity. There were a couple of really big games yesterday in the NFL. Um, the, I would say the biggest, arguably the biggest, was between the Chiefs and the Bills. And two teams that are on fire. And it was a hard-fought game. And Buffalo went into Kansas City and they won that game. And both teams were fired up. It was a contentious game. Well played. And at the end, the two quarterbacks stood on the field and embraced each other. The coaches shook hands. A lot of the players from opposing teams got together and prayed on the field. Some of them that pray after the game. 
games. And what it shows is sportsmanship. We're going to fight like crazy. In the NHL, it's one of the things I love the most. In a playoff series in the NHL, you know hockey and fighting, it's a big part of the game. They fight on the ice. They really go to town on each other on the ice. And they play a really tough series. But when the final goal is scored and the clock runs out, they line up. They shake each other's hands, and they do it every single time. And that is what sportsmanship is supposed to be. And if we don't teach kids those lessons at a young age, they grow up to be insolent adults. And I just hope it changes. Coming up in a moment. We're going to go back to talking about the economy and what needs to change, what could change that could make a difference. Next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, the NASCAR Championship Weekend returns to Phoenix Raceway November 4th through the 6th. The weekend will have something for everyone. For the diehard NASCAR fans, look to get close to the action. To the fans looking for a fun, exciting family atmosphere, head to the contest page at KTAR.com for your chance to win two and the sold-out grandstand tickets. That could be very cool. Um, we've been talking a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about the economy. I want you to hear a couple of things from Kristen Bentz. Um, Kristen Bentz is from KB Advisory Group. She's a retail analyst. So I met Kristen years ago. Um, I did an interview with her. She lives locally, but she's known nationally because she's one of the foremost experts on retail. And what she would do for Wall Street was she was a predictor. She was someone that would see trends and see where things were heading and would talk to the big investment firms as to what good and bad was happening in retail. And as we've talked more and more over the years, she's brilliant. And she was talking to me as we were coming out of COVID and we saw these supply chain issues happening and the shutdown in China of this major port. She's the one that said, this is going to be a big deal. And sure enough, six weeks later, we had ships lined up at sea for miles. So this to me is, is she's very, she's been right on. So when things begin to change and their indicators to her, I want her to talk about it. Um, so here is, uh, here's Kristen's word about what retailers are doing. That, um, retailer to take it back. So now they're just going to charge you, and not only are they going to charge you, they're just going to say, go ahead and keep it. <laughs> they're done. Retailers are done with us. So people, and I didn't see, I'm not one of these, I've never, I'm not a big shopper. If you ever seen me dress, you understand. I'm not a big dresser. Um, I buy t-shirts and I know what size I am. And then uh, that's about it. And, and if I have to get dressed up, I have had a, I've had a few suits made and uh, that's it. That's it for me. But I've never been one of those people. And I know people that do this, you know, go out, buy a few things and try them all on and take back what you don't want. Well, the industry is saying when you do this online, the shipping costs and everything else, it's a nightmare. It's costing us too much money. So they're having to charge people. They're saying we have to make back some of this money by charging. And this isn't necessarily a big, huge economic story other than it shows the fragility, in my mind, the fragility of what's going on in the retail world. They are down in profits. They understand it's not going to probably not going to be a big holiday season. And so it's difficult. And they're trying to figure out ways to salvage their holiday season. And one of them is saying, you know, if you're going to go online and you're going to buy three different sizes and four different colors of, of a, something you want, you're going to keep one or two that you like and send the rest back. We are not going to be able to handle all that stuff, the back and forth and the money and the time it takes. You're going to get charged for that. So we'll see how it works out. And uh, um, 
there is a I asked her about the holiday season. What is it exactly we should expect in the holidays? People will always spend. It's just what are they spending on? So your share of wallet right now is really being, you know, divided by household expenses like food and rent and, you know, um, utilities as opposed to like, you know, decorating your house and buying all this stuff for Christmas, etc. So I think it's going to be a flat holiday season, a lackluster holiday season. And then in January, remember, you have to look at the holiday season. It used to be November and December together, and that's how you would gauge it. So the American taxpayer, the story that I had, I, t- I led with this morning a couple of times we've talked about this, has been in the Phoenix metro area. They call it, we call it the Valley, but they call it Metro Phoenix. Um, if you're working 65 hours a week, that's the norm for a lot of people now to keep their heads above water. That's another part of this that is tough, which is quality of life. That um, it's difficult to not be with the people you care about. Uh, it's one thing when you are committed to something, when you're building something, and it's I wish more people uh, understood this or why, I guess unless you don't want to do it. But the idea of building something is pretty remarkable. It's a reason why you see people. I have some friends that restore cars. They restore older cars and resell them. But it's the idea of taking something that's worn down, something that's been used and abused a little bit and making it look new again. And then somebody else wanting to buy it. There's a satisfaction of building that for me being in the building industry. Industry, um, you know, as an electrician, I still drive around and point out I worked on that building. I did those parking lot lights. I did this. I built that building. It's still a source of pride for me to, to build something. And for business owners to someone with that business acumen to take an idea and start small with something and having a plan and watching that business idea, whatever it is, grow and become a viable business. There is a sense of satisfaction in doing that. And when it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of your free time away and your weekends and you're up very early and you stay up very late in order to make this thing work, you sacrifice quality of life, whether it's possessions or it's time in order to make this work, there is a sense of satisfaction at the end of it. A lot of times when you think about the trade-off, people will say, you know, your regret is I took too much time to do this or that. But now you shift that into a time in life where people are forced to do that, not to build something, not to create something bigger and better, but to sheerly just to survive. It is very difficult for people. Survival you know, it, it's just it's no way to live. It, it, it isn't. And you have to feel for people that just a couple of years ago, and I don't care what your political stripes are, a couple of years ago, blame it on COVID, blame it on Putin, blame it on whoever you want. But you have to acknowledge that being where we are right now is vastly different from where we were just a couple of years ago. And that is what is so trying to people. You know, not everybody that feels this way um, thinks that Biden's doing a horrible job. This is more about the sentiment of the American consumer. And we look to leadership to help ease that. Policies, you can't, you can't say that the policies of this president created 10 million jobs. And if you believe that's true, I don't agree with you, but you believe that's true. How can you then in good conscience say that the policies of this government also haven't contributed to the immense inflation and cost increases we have? Only the policies of this administration are magic. They only do good. 
They only did good things. The bad stuff, well, we're still recovering from Trump. It was Trump's fault for the border issue. This, the Trump economy and the Trump, this caused this in COVID. If Trump had handled COVID better, it, it's just, that's a political uh, uh, um, way of thinking that most people don't agree with. The vast majority of Americans not only blame this president for the economy being bad, they believe it's still getting worse, that the worst has not yet hit us. And that's concerning to very, very many people. So it is a difficult time for sure. I'm going to talk a little bit more in just a moment. We were talking about fairness earlier, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that before we close out the show. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, during King LASIK's season of savings, LASIK, both eyes, is now just $3,500 with a $2,000 savings and 0% financing for 24 months on approved credit. LASIK with Dr. King is only $146 a month. Go to kinglasik.com slash Arizona for complete details. That is a great deal. Um, we talked earlier about sportsmanship, and uh, it's so funny because I'm such a big sports fan and have been my whole life um, watching college sports. I still love people that... That love the game, and I don't. I don't think that that's lost in professional sports, but it's a business in professional sports. So they make a lot more business decisions uh, there. I like the raw love of the sport that comes with high school and college sports. Uh, I still do. I still like. I still keep up with the high school teams in my area where I grew up. I, I still follow them that much because I think that much of it. I just like to see how teams and schools and coaches are, are faring. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because of this story about officiating. Um, I wanted to get back into coaching, and I, I don't know. Maybe I guess if there was an offer out there that I liked, if there was a school or a program that wanted me to come onto their sidelines, I just think that sometimes I'd be more of a distraction than I would be. It, it's a sad thing, you know. I, um, in a moment of honesty, I, I don't like the divisive nature of the world I live in. I, I don't. I am opinionated, and I have to, and I want to give my opinions, but I think I give my opinions fairly. But it doesn't matter how fair you are about your opinions in your own mind. I'm divisive to the to a lot of people. I'm on the right side of the aisle. I just had a conversation with someone about um, an interview that I wanted to do with someone, and they're concerned about the political differences and how it might affect the organization they represent. I don't want to say who they are because I still think they're well-intentioned, but it, it hurt my feelings. I thought, you know, I, I am just – I'm focused on an issue and wanting to help, and, and it has nothing to do with my politics. But there's a concern for people in my political leanings that don't what they don't want to be associated with me, and I wouldn't want to be a distraction to another team. Um, but I would love to coach again. I would love to be able to to influence and, and to be a, a, a role model in some ways. But that scares some people too. Uh, I bring this up because officiating has also been offered to me. Someone said, "Hey, why don't you become a referee?" Um, and I thought, you know, I don't know. Could I could I be a referee? I wouldn't want to do it in this atmosphere. They don't make any money. They're doing it really for the love of the game, and they're doing it to be an asset to the sport itself, whatever sport they're the, an official in. And uh, 
this story starts off, Anne Montgomery started her officiating journey over 40 years ago. She officiated football, hockey, baseball, among other sports, before retiring in 2019. To sustain a four-decade-spanning dec- career is rare. To do it as a woman, even more rare. Uh, the AIA, or the Arizona Interscholastic Association, said most officials quit around the three-year mark, and most common answer is why is the verbal abuse from fans and parents. I understand when it's your child that it's even more emotional when you see a bad call made. Berating officials, I, I, I just to be honest, it is it's sad. It is, and I think that you know when you're prone to letting your emotions get the most of you. You have to rein it in. When you get to the NFL level, you're talking about professional athletes. And I found this to be very strange. I don't know why I'm going to throw this in here. I found out this weekend watching the pregame on uh, Fox that um, the NFL uh, NFL referees are not a full-time job, that they have other careers. I didn't know that. It's the only sport where they don't have full-time officials. It's very strange. Um Anyway, I digress. The idea of berating officials at a high school game, the reason why I think it's so sad is because what you're taking away from is you're taking away from life lessons. That at that age, what you're learning on the football field, because that was my sport I liked so much, is it's about teamwork. You know, as as a coach, you can't expect perfection out of a 16-year-old. You can't. But what you can expect is maximum effort. What you can expect is being a good teammate. What you can expect is sportsmanship. All of those valuable life lessons are going to carry you much further in life than your football career is, with a few exceptions. I've I've witnessed, I've played with on teams with some of the greatest football players. I've been on the same field, coached with, coached against some of the greatest athletes that have ever played football. Edgar and James, Hall of Famer. Deion Sanders, Hall of Famer. Michael Irvin. Emmett Smith. I mean, you're talking about the, you know, the elite. But they were the individual, you know, they were the such the exception to the rule that it's so difficult. Um, Devondre Campbell went to my high school, obviously, many years after I did, but he went to my high school. Uh, there's some, you know, so Southwest Florida is a hotbed. But the vast majority of the people, my brother being one of them, my brother had the, the privilege of playing for a couple of years at the college level at a Division II school in football and baseball. But he gave up his scholarships and focused on his studies so he could graduate with honors. But the life lessons and the friends he made at such a young age, they are still friends today. He is the person he is because he learned the idea of being a teammate on the football fields and baseball fields of Southwest Florida. All of his children were athletes. His youngest son is, uh, his youngest, his son, is a great basketball player and a freshman in high school. Now, the chances that he's going to go on to a college program or a pro, foot, pro basketball career are very slim. But the work hard mentality of, you know, hone your craft, be excellent, be a great teammate, those are skills and those are uh, attributes that he'll never leave behind. And so I, I just think this story is so sad because here's people trying to better the sport by being volunteers, or not so much, but but giving of themselves to be officials, being berated, when the best that you know you can expect from them is to try their best as well. I just think it's a sad story. I hope it ends, and I hope that 
they get the officials they need. It's, it, is a, it is something that goes a long way in making sure sports stay great here in Arizona. We're just about out of time. Social media users, at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter. Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. That's how you can find me between shows. Back tomorrow morning, roughly, a little about eight, a little after 8 o'clock. Have a great day, everyone. God bless.